It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 90 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. You know, if we were just a standard movie, we'd be done. Hour and a half, done. But no, we're just getting into it. Another 433 (laughs) minutes to go. No, okay, it's not that long. 53 minutes. So what do you say to that? 53 minutes. 53 more episodes. Episodes (laughs) that torture everyone out there. Well, I do have to say that hackers are once again trying to ruin everybody's fun. And I'm not talking about the latest virus that was traveling the world. That was a bummer as well. But it's the recent news that hackers are trying to blackmail Disney for dollars, or bitcoins. Same thing. Essentially holding dead men tell no tales in a digital hostage, demanding a ransom payment, or they will leak the movie in, like, segments online. It's like, can't we have nice things here, folks? Come on. Some people... You know those dirtbags? I know. Some people just have to try and ruin everything. Yeah. And if you're a hacker part of this and you're listening to this show, thanks for listening. <laughs> I, for one, am glad that Disney is actually saying they aren't going to pay or play ball or do anything with these idiots. And I hope all the other studios set a similar policy if and when it happens again. So if we want Disney to make more Pirates of the Caribbean movies, then we can't scuttle movies with ransoms. That's just how it goes. Come on, guys. There is so much good that can be really can come of their talents, right? These yeah. talented hackers. Yeah. They got their hands on the PC and the Macs and everything else out there that has code in it. And they just got to go and hack it. I just, come on, guys, use that talent for good. Come like a superhero, not a supervillain. I know the supervillains are cool, but come on, just join the good side for once, for God's sakes. I mean, especially with their talent, they could do good stuff like funnel money into my bank account or send even donations to Urban Bird Foundation where I work. Just don't tell me where the money comes from. And thank you, anonymous donors. (laughs) Come on. So that's all I have to say. Either don't do it or wink, wink, nod, nod. I'll take a little of that cash. But don't tell me where it came from. See, I'm like a real pirate at heart here. My pirate, my inner pirate is coming out. Yes. You didn't sound very convinced of that. No. Because he's always a pirate. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. In the previous minute, Matlow opts for a new... Matlow? Matlow. Oh. You're already screwing with the minute. I thought you were talking about Matlock. This is... <laughs> I, I'm like, Boy, where are you a, going with that? That'd be a hell of a riveting minute-by-minute TV show. <laughs> I don't know. That thing was on forever, too. <laughs> and, I mean, it is the great Andy Griffith. And I don't think I ever really saw any episodes of I don't of that. think I, have, I did either. But it was on forever. And just sit back, folks. Our core audience, what, those in their 80s and 90s? You just <laughs> sit back and listen to this podcast... We're going to bring you Andy Griffith one blimey minute at a time. Or oh. one Matlock minute. Whatever he said. Whatever his catchphrase was. Now, do you mind? No. 
In the previous minute, Matlow opts for a new back-to-front torso piercing and decides, yeah, this is the perfect time for a mid-battle salty swim. Kohler and Twig join the HMS Interceptor guided tour this way. We're walking. We're walking. Below deck, you'll find an 18th century powder magazine. Open flames are prohibited on the tour, as well as pistols, muskets, and swords. Please limit your brawling and killing topside. Over here, you'll see our dashing hero, Will Turner, desperately trying to free himself from the rising water and, for adults only, hoping he can grab the monkey just one more time. Please, no flash photography. For Will's sake, we don't want that on the internet. On the main deck, Captain Jack Sparrow does his best Johnny Westmuller impersonation, saving Gibbs by returning his flask, albeit empty. Minute 90 begins with Will trying to get free, again, from below deck while Elizabeth Swan is busy fighting a cursed pirate. Before she is about to meet the sharp side of a sword, Jack, I mean Captain Jack, steps in and grabs a pirate's wrist. That's not very nice. Elizabeth uses the butt of her musket to send the cursed pirate into the ocean. Captain Jack and Elizabeth use the side of the ship to duck and cover, providing an opportunity to ask her, where's the medallion? The minute ends with Captain Jack chasing the monkey across the fallen interceptor's mass, which is serving as a makeshift bridge to the Black Pearl. As he reaches for the monkey, he comes face to face with Barbosa. Why, thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Barbosa replies, not you. And that's the end of that. There's no dot because it didn't end in the middle of a sentence. That was a complete sentence. But it really did warrant a dot, dot, dot because there is more to come on that. But you'll have to just wait till next minute. Did you get my Johnny Westmuller? I heard it. You heard it, but did you get Oh, come on. He's the old school Tarzan. Oh, okay. Jack Sparrow swinging on the ropes. Yes. That there is for our audience in the what? Have to be in the late 60s and 70s and 80s and above. Boy, we're really hitting a core audience today. (laughs) That's the group that really is into podcasting because they're so hip to technology. And for you, those of you out there in that group, why, thank you for joining us. We're bringing people together like we've done yeah, before we with my awesome Chinese and Mandarin speaking abilities. Now I'm bringing generations together. Generations are coming around pirates. So we thank everyone here. There you go. I don't want to I don't want to just knock anybody away because if they're listening, hey, we love it. Hey, no matter the age. That's why I, that's why I throw references all over the place. Yes, because our audience is so huge and wide and varied in age, possibly. It is a growing audience, and it's actually pretty good, so we're happy with that. But we do want to hit all those people that are doing that. And that's why i got to throw in the Matlock, the Andy Griffith, Johnny Westmuller, and then we got to do hacking all in does one it, show. It's a real robust show. Doesn't everybody know who Andy Griffith is? Yeah, but I don't think anybody... Did you watch Matlock? I mean, was that something... No, that, but I watched Andy Griffith. Yeah, Andy Griffith's different. I mean, that's the gold standard of television right there. Yes, it is. There you go. Matlock, I mean, it's Andy you've never Griffith. seen it. I know. I'm just you saying. You can't dog on Matlock if you've never seen it. Hey, you're getting this. And it was on forever. I'm not dogging on it. I'm just saying it wasn't my cup of tea at the time. What year was that? 80s and 90s? Okay, okay. I don't know either. We don't know what we're talking about now. But you got a sidetrack because we're here to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. And I think Jack is where I'm going to start. So, you know. I tend to like to put Jack in purgatory when it comes to being a true hero and a villain. He walks the line of both worlds. Not that he is inherently on par with Barbosa in regards to his level of evil pirate. His evil pirate meter. But his selfishness and desire for the Pearl does drive most of his actions here. Or all of them, we could say. A lot of them, right? Yeah. 
I mean, does he, I mean, he does do the occasional good deeds and the footnote for good deeds means there's usually an underlying reason why he is prompted to take a heroic action of some kind. I mean, the first one that we see is that he was saving Elizabeth, Elizabeth, (laughs) it's a new way to pronounce Elizabeth, after she fell from Fort Charles on Port Royal and was on the verge of drowning because of the course of the death, Right. right? So he saved her. The second happens in this minute, and we don't need to go back and cover that. We covered that and his reasons why he may have done that. The second happens in this minute when he saves her from the cursed pirate who was about to introduce her to his cutlass. Hello, meet Mr. Shiny. He then, actually Jack then grabs her and then ducks against the side of the ship as some maniac with a blunderbuss is taking shots from the pearl at them. That's when Elizabeth says thanks to Jack for saving her life. I mean, oh, wait, it's yeah. It's not thanks, it's you wretch. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't see it, thanks. <laughs> well, that's a fine how to do. <laughs> yeah, thanks for saving me. Oh, no, you wretch. Yeah, and this does bring up an interesting topic, though. I mean, maybe it's the whole, because he is asking Elizabeth and trying to save her, I think, for a particular reason, too, because he wants to find the medallion and all that good stuff. Right. But he also is right there, and that is technically kind of his crew pitted against the other crew, the Pearl. Right. But I think the bigger point is it brings up, as I was saying, this interesting topic, and we have not seen Jack actually kill anyone. No. Although this is really the first fight, and I believe we had this actually in a discussion in our Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. So join and partake in the discussions, people. You could help us out with some of this. But I think we had this a while back, this talk about this. Yeah. As I mentioned, he's he's not really been in much action in the movie, at least fighting action yet. Well, there really hasn't been. This is really kind of the first big battle. Yeah. But instead of killing the pirate that's about to kill Elizabeth, he just stops him and then drops a sarcastic remark. Yeah, that's not very nice. Yeah. So leaving it to Elizabeth to take action then, because he just left that door wide open. And mind you, she doesn't kill him either, but she does at least smack him with the butt of her gun and then send him overboard. Yeah. We have to break... Well, before I go there, in any other, say, pirate movie, any other swashbuckler, when it's a a red shirt person, okay? Yeah. The red shirt, the Star Trek red okay, shirt. Yeah. The they would be killed. Ones? Yeah. So this no name kind of pirate cursed crew member is about to stab or cut Elizabeth, stab her, whatever. Any other pirate movie, you think they would just stab and kill this guy, not grab him by the wrist. Not have a sarcastic remark or whatever, right? Yeah. So Jack actually is kind of this persona of this, is he killing anybody yet? Because any in any other movie, you would have seen that happen, right? right? This is a no-name character. If it's a main character, yeah, they would have been stopped potentially. But in this, he actually stops him, which I thought was an interesting thing. Because it's not like he can die either, though. Right. That's what I was going to bring up. So I guess if he stabbed him, then it wouldn't have mattered. Just takes more effort. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter anyways. It wouldn't stop the guy. I mean, he'd guy. feel it, and but and they could maybe drop him and knock him overboard. So I guess that's the thing. But he does grab his wrist. But you think that the first reaction would have been to stab him. Yeah. And then we have to, I think, break out of our minute-by-minute mold for a second Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. We're trading on dangerous ground here. But the standing question, does Jack kill anyone? And this is like, does Jack kill anyone who actually stays dead and... Is based on hand-to-hand combat as opposed to, say, random cannon fire like he's ordering the ship to fire and then people right. die. So I'm just talking about hand-to-hand combat and they stay dead or something like that. And maybe we should keep an eye out for that as we will go along and everybody else out there too. 
and maybe even in the other movies when we review them, we have to really look at that. Does he actually kill anyone? Yes. It's an interesting question. It is. For a pirate, it is an interesting question. He doesn't like killing. I don't know if he's that kind of a pirate. He's more of the... Barbosa is that kind of a pirate. Jack's more of the con man type of pirate. Yeah. He's going to do what he can. He's going to avoid... He's what they talk about in the books when you talk about piracy. Yeah, they had to do fighting sometimes and there's bloody battles and all that. But the main point of the Black Flag was to intimidate so there wasn't really a big fight. Or right. And didn't endanger lives. It's like Jack took that to a whole new level. And he wants to avoid anything that could actually potentially kill him. Because, he again, he's driven by that self-preservation, selfishness kind of thing. I mean, it's not like we're all not driven by some self-preservation or something, but he seems to have quite a bit of that. Don't you think? Uh, right, yeah. When Jack asks Elizabeth about the medallion, he then looks at her bandaged hand and mentions Will Turner then. So does the bandage remind him of our dear Will? Or is it that moment he realizes that that's when she called me a wretch because obviously Will got to her first and told her what was going on? What's going on with that? Because it was interesting. It was interesting. Why would he just assume that Will did that? Well, I don't, Band- that's what I'm asking. Did, why would he assume? Did he assume Will was the one who bandaged her? Or was he just holding her hand and seeing that she got cut? And well, he's thinking like, okay, she called me a wretch as opposed to thanking me for saving her. Maybe this is lingering back to Port Royal when I held her at gunpoint. But I'm here kind of saving the day again, at least it, in her mind. Instead, she gets the you're a wretch. Is he just putting all the pieces together like, okay, Will got back on board. He told her the story. She's ticked off. Because I don't know why he thought that her hand bandaged. And it's not like it was a signature bandage move that only Will Turner is able to. Will Turner, the famous blacksmith doctor, is able to only bandage hands in a certain way. Or he does like a little twist or he puts a little mark on it like a, a blacksmith mark or maker's mark to say, hey, this is. Boy, this bandage was done by Will Turner. It wasn't Will's scarf, right? Oh, was it? I don't know. You just blew my mind. Was it Will's it scarf? Will's scarf? I don't oh, know. Oh, man. That's something we should have known. Was that Will's scarf? I don't know. It's a good question. Holy master. Because it makes sense if it was Will's scarf. Oh, then this whole just conversation just got obliterated if that's <laughs> Will's scarf. Because then that makes perfect sense. If that's Will's scarf, damn it, is that? I can't remember now. I don't know. We're going to have to look that up real quick. Someone's going to have to look that up. And what is the verdict? Well, you don't really see it. It looks just like a white bandage. It's not his scarf. It's still around his neck at that time. And they pop into the scene. The bandage is already being put on her hand. So you don't see where the bandage actually comes from. So it's not like we see that from. maybe he's ripping off a piece of his clothes or anything like that no, to make you a bandage? Don't. Yeah. Then what the hell? <laughs> that was such a good closure. No. That was like, oh, I thought that was it. Or if he's ripping off a piece of his clothes. Yeah. Maybe it was something it. that's cut out or we're supposed to look. We probably should have went to the script for that to see maybe that's where he got it. So I guess the question still stands. Where did this, what made Jack think of Will when he saw that then? Maybe he figured, got a new theory. Okay. Maybe it's. He figures nobody on that from the crew on there would actually bandage her hand for her. Maybe. You know, and she couldn't tie it like that by herself. Oh, that's true. Who would bandage it for her on that crew? Or it could just be like I was saying, is that he just happened to be looking at her hand thinking, okay. Yeah. Will got her out of there or something. Yeah. 
they connected up. Where's Will, little yeah. lass? So maybe that's it. Yeah. We'll go with that. If any of you have any ideas out there, then throw it up. But maybe that's what's up? going on. Throw it up on our Facebook page. Oh, okay. Because that's I guess that's our only guess what was going on yeah. there. I like yeah. the scarf idea, but it didn't come out. Yeah, it didn't me. pan out. That's crazy. He's still got his fancy scarf on. Yeah. What did Adam call it? Like his kicking scarf or something like that? Oh, his kicking remember. bandana? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. There we go. I don't know. Maybe the bandana has a life of its own and it just replenishes like the chain around for the Aztec gold. He can rip off bandages from the scarf and the bandana and it just automatically goes back. Yeah, maybe. While reviewing this this um, minute, this little scene again, I got to watch the medallion be ripped off the neck of Elizabeth <laughs> one more time. It's always a classic. <laughs> but what's interesting, too, for this particular scene, now that we don't know where the bandage came from or why Jack thinks of Elizabeth with that, besides some of the ideas that we just had. Yeah. Thinks of Will, you mean? Yeah. Thinks of Will is, what did I say? Elizabeth. Okay. Jack, or Elizabeth, actually, says, well, not really that. Jack is the one who mentions Will, and then Elizabeth is like, oh, yeah, Will. Well, it's about freaking time, yeah. lady. He's there rescuing you. You're the only thing he th ever thinks about, and yet you already forgot about him in the span of five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Where is Will? <laughs> I remember a blacksmith guy around here Last came to I see knew. me. He was looking for his medallion. Yeah. So what's with that? All of a sudden, now she remembers him. It's like all this stuff going on, and then Jack has to be the one to... Yeah. It's like Jack is the catalyst for all this stuff. Yep. I don't know what's going on there. That's when Elizabeth runs to try and rescue Will, because she finally remembered that, oh yeah, Will's here. Then Jack sees this cheeky little monkey making his escape from the ship with the medallion. And then that's when Jack all of a sudden goes, oh yeah, I got to get back in the game here. It's all about the pearl. I need to get me that monkey. Yeah. And he's climbing across the mast, four-legged, basically. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> he's chasing the monkey across that mast like... The same he's, way the monkey's running? Yeah, that's what it was. And it reminded me of Igor and young Frankenstein <laughs> telling Victor Frankenstein to walk this way. And then he hands him his little walking stick and expects him to mimic his <laughs> motions. That's exactly what I was reminded of when I saw that. Yes! Young Frankenstein. So Yuck. that's the first thing that hit me when I saw him doing that, chasing that monkey. Young Frankenstein reference. And I'm sure Pirates there's the some symbolism. Awesome. I'm sure there's some symbolism there with Jack chasing a monkey, but we're not even going to go no, there. No, we won't go there. We are getting quite a bit of the back and forth between Jack and Barbosa. Wait, wait, what about the back and forth between Will and Elizabeth? Stop. Will, Elizabeth, Will, Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will, Elizabeth. What else are you going to say there? She can't get him out of there. I know, but it's just they just keep saying their names. <laughs> they don't they're all lost for words. They're all yeah. they're, they're just so much in love and they just gotta say each other's name back and <laughs> forth. But actually I jumped ahead because then Jack re just as he's about to reach for the medallion thief, that little monkey, he runs like into Barbosa face to face. The one thing I had in my notes was smug. Barbosa is just really smug here. I mean he is just so tickled that he got the medallion back. And he didn't need Jack's help. That's it. He has almost all the eggs. All the eggs. Well, that he does have he all the, the eggs He has the pearl. Now. He's got the medallion. All he needs is the William. That's right. He doesn't know that yet, though. No, he does not. And we were. And that's where I started to go with back and forth, because we are getting quite a bit of back and forth between Jack and Barbosa. Yeah. The whole light and the dark thing. 
No one ever seems to have the upper hand for long in this movie. No. It's constantly shifting from one to the other and then back. And then oftentimes there's a third party involved who has all the cards. So you have like the main Jack Barbosa feud. But then you'll have Elizabeth, Will, and other people or everyone continually like working off each other to get what they want. And I I just really kind of find that kind of interesting. That, right. That this upper hand kind of deal goes back and forth between them so much. And sometimes another character jumps in and takes the upper hand, which is kind of an interesting thing. So I'm starting to wonder if we have another movie rule. Like, well, it's like the one that Jack can't escape on his own. That none of the main characters get their heart's desire without help from another main character. But then again, without that interaction, I guess it wouldn't be much of a need for the other characters. If you, yeah. If you did that, it'd be Pirates of the Caribbean with a bunch of different stories, but none of them come ever together. It's like an anthology story or movie where you have everybody having separate lives and characters and then maybe they pass each other on the street or something. <laughs> so it's like you have Jack and Barbosa doing something, but then they pass each other on the street or... Or they pass Will and Elizabeth. Yeah, everybody be running around this Pirates of the Caribbean universe, but no one's interacting with each other. So then you wouldn't have a movie. So I guess, okay, exactly. scratch that. It'd be like, well, it'd be like a castaway. You know, you just have Jack Sparrow on an island, kind of in a castaway Tom Hanks role. And then you have Barbosa as the sequel on All By Himself. Yeah, that doesn't work. Scratch that idea. I guess I wish I had never brought it up now. I guess that's not a movie rule. Because then no. there's really no character interaction. Right. You have to have that character. But they still play off each other and they still throw the hand back and forth. So I can salvage some of that. But the rest of it is just pure garbage. (laughs) It's garbage. It's rubbish. Rubbish. Kind of a British thing going on here. So that's all I got, actually. Do you have anything? Is it really? Yeah, that's all all I got. Oh, you say really? Like you have some more stuff? Yeah. Okay, what do you have then? Jack makes it to the ship. He goes to grab the medallion and ends up practically grabbing Barbosa's boot. And he's like, why, thank you, Jack. And then Jack tells him, you're welcome. Yeah. And then he says, not you. Yeah. So So who's he talking about? That's right. He's not thinking. He's not thinking, Jack. Well, we only have one option. Yes. Yeah, and you just spoiled it. I hope you're happy with yourself. I didn't spoil it. You almost spoiled it. I was just pointing it out. You're just pointing it out. Because there's three people there. Well, two people, one Well, actually, there's a lot of people around. But not right there. There's three that are interacting with each other at this particular moment. And if he says, not you, then I think we know where that's going. Yes. So basically, you held up the ending just so you could leave us on a cliffhanger to set up minute 91. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. How dare you? I gotta set it up before you do. Yeah. I think you just like to say, oh, really? That's all you have? And then you come up and you have nothing. Maybe I do. No. Maybe you do and maybe you don't. And I think right this time was like, oh, yeah, we don't want to give that away yet. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Maybe. Okay, we're going to have to end it here and call it a day then, I guess. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 91 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. Arr! Heather! Heather! Pimey, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Again. Heather, are you in there? Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep. Mother's love. What are you doing in here? 
You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy! I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no. I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. You like the show? Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. You just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats. Oh.